and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. I'm Lundfoot. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home, from the wild home studios in Woodridge, Illinois. It's a frenzy of activity. In oh man, because tonight is 70s and 80s soft pop FM uh, anticipation as tonight we are talking the career and the music of the legendary Daryl Hall and John Oates. We will discuss their uh, incredibly successful career, their impact on the popular music scene. Lens Bracket will be uh, underway shortly. It'll be all Hall and Oates, and that will be a barn burner of a bracket featuring multiple dust-ups uh, and Donnie Brooks and Imbroglios. Yes, I've used Donnie Brook and Imbroglio. I have to remember to use dust-up. Yes, I'm here to uh, remind you of that. Um, so let's get right into it. Hall and Oates, actually they, I was doing a little research on them. They hated to be called Hall and Oates. Yes. <laughs> They just wanted to be Daryl Hall and John Oates. But also no and or no ampersand. They just wanted to say Daryl Hall, John Oates. We are separate performers. I love yes, it. Yes, but you're performing as a duo. I know, right? No, no, no. No ands, no ampersand. So strange. Yes, very, very weird. Um, but hey, they, they, uh, they, of their 33 singles that they released, 29 of them hit the top 100. Pretty impressive. So who are, who are we to uh, tell them how to name themselves? Um, well, how do you want to uh, dive in? Should we, should we talk bracket first? Should we? Uh... Let's do our first, first, remem first memories of Hall & Oates. Okay. And then we'll, we'll talk bracket. Uh, my first memory of Hall and Oates is the song "Kiss on My List." Um, as that I had uh, discovered FM radio for the first time. I think I was eleven years, like sixth grade. And uh, when I got to junior high, everybody was going to the junior high dances, and um, and uh, "Kiss on My List" was always on the radio. And so that's that's the big memory rush uh, for me. And of course, everyone at school said, oh, Daryl Hall and John Oates, they're a gay singing duo, and they're singing Kiss on My List to each other. It's a love song. And I was like, what? Wow, this pop music scene that I've discovered is just really wow. <laughs> that was the rumor. That was the big rumor. Uh, and... Uh, so I, I can never, I, I could I like kiss on my list. Oh yeah. They're singing it to each other. Um, that is my first memory of uh, Daryl Hall, John Oates. I want to be accurate when I talk about them. Mine is, I must've heard one of their songs before I did this, but, but there was a music chain called Music Works. Yeah. Do you have that in Cleveland? No. So there was one music works. It was at Harlem and Harlem and Irving in Chicago. Oh, Norwich actually. 
So I'd walk there sometimes. And I went there one day. I was always looking for deals. I didn't have any money. My allowance was maybe 50 cents or yeah. <laughs> maybe, I don't know if it was 50 cents then or $2. I know it got, that was probably later. It got boosted to $2. <laughs> and one time I went there and I bought all these, I got this box of singles. They don't tell you what's in it. And I remember I got Ringo Starr's photograph and nice. It was just a, ama- it was amazing. Like they, I got these songs for nothing. <laughs> so one day they had eight tracks on sale, super cheap. <laughs> if you don't know what eight tracks are, Google them. <laughs> and I bought two Hall and Oates ones. And maybe, maybe I'd already, maybe I'd heard Rich Girl by then. Or I, I'm not sure what year it was. So I got Abandoned Luncheonette and Along the Red, oh, it must have been, it had to have been at least 78. That's when Along the Red Ledge came out. Right. I'm like, look at this bounty. Paul and Oates. <laughs> so I listened to those a lot. <laughs> that was my first memories of Daryl Hall, Space, John Oates. <laughs> I really like Abandoned uh, Luncheonette. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Abandoned Luncheonette in a minute. You want to guess the one seeds in the bracket? All right. I yes I do. I will guess Man Eater. Yes, Man Eater was their biggest hit. Yeah, which is kind of surprising because that's not the first. Is, is that the first song you would think of with Arnold's? It is the first song that I think of. You would okay. I mean, yeah, it was number you, one for four weeks. It is far from my favorite. Daryl Hall, Space, John Oates. Uh, but it's definitely, I, that's what I think of. Uh, that's what I think of first. Um, and I bought the album H2O. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> that cover is ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally ridiculous. That's what I remember most about the album is the ridiculous cover. A lot of their covers were pretty ridiculous, but that was the most. Um, actually, that's not true. They didn't have like ridiculous, ridiculous covers, but that one was dumb. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to guess Sarah Smile. No, I'm. Going I don't think Sarah Smiles. It was a hit, but I don't think it's as well known as a lot of their other hits. So okay. I only gave that one a four seed. Uh, I'm going to go with Rich Girl. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Private Eyes. Yes, pretty good. You got three three already. And I'm going to go with Kiss on My List. Kiss on My List is a two. Um, But Kiss on My List could have been a one. It It was probably between... The one I picked and kiss on my list for the other one seed. What about I can't go for that? No, that could have been a one seed too. That's a two. Uh, what about out of touch? Yes, that was the other one I picked. Uh, so uh, funny story about out of touch. I, I don't know if I've told this already on Jag Bags, but uh, my 16-year-old daughter, I think it was last year, 
she discovered uh, the song Out of Touch and uh, had it on her little rotation along with like her One Direction and her Ed Sheeran and uh, The Weeknd and all those. And I was like, wow, an 80s song. 4,000 Taylor Swift song. Oh, my God. And uh, so I was like, wow, an 80s song in there. And she's like, oh, this is a great song. And I was like, you should you should uh, get into more hollow notes. You'd really like them. No, only <laughs> out of touch. Like, All right. And uh, so later, <laughs> later. We're, uh, I can lend her my eight tracks if you want. Oh, that'd be good. And uh, she'd probably like get way into it. Um, vinyl's a thing now with these teens. And uh, we went, we went to a record shop and uh, she wanted to go and uh it was the first time ever in a record shop. She went with her girlfriend, Rita, also a frequent guest on Jag Bags. And I know that they were, because normally they like can't wait to get the hell away from me when we go in just any place. Public. <laughs> um, but this time I knew they were intimidated because they would never, they were always like at least a foot, <laughs> like never more than a foot away from me. And uh, until they got used to this, it was uh, um, the record store was Lori's Planet of Sound on Lincoln Avenue in uh, the Lincoln. What's Square. the cross street? Uh, it's Lincoln near Western, like where, oh. uh, like Lincoln and Wilson, right near Queens where we play. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we're in there. And then later she, I find Jesse and she is looking at uh, Daryl Hall, John Oates, greatest hits. <laughs> and uh, she's looking at this uh, record. And I come up and I said, I think you would really like that record. I, I just, I think you would really enjoy it. And she looks at me and she goes, can you promise me that the songs on here are as good as Out of Touch? <laughs> I was like, I can. I feel very comfortable saying that they're definitely as good as Out of Touch. Um <laughs> That was another album I got. I did not get the best of Hall and Oates. They had a, I think it was called Rock and Soul. Yeah, that was that was their huge best of. Yeah, they released that at their peak. And they had Say It Isn't So on there. Yeah, and uh, Adult Education, mm-hmm. which is a uh, great great song. Um, I don't and- really like Adult Education, but I like Say It Isn't So. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway, so those are the four number ones. Yeah, you're doing pretty well on these lately. Hmm. I seem to be in tune with your thinking. Uh, well, we're, we're going to do a Jack Nicholson one to end the podcast, so we'll we'll see. Well, we'll test it. We'll again. see if your hot streak continues. Oh man. Uh, so what uh, what do you look at? What do you think is going to win this one? You think Maneater is going to win? No, I don't think so either. I think it's, there's so many hits though. It's really it's a little hard to pick. I personally think it's going to be either Sarah Smile, She's Gone, or Rich Girl. I think. I don't think Sarah Smile will win, but I think Rich Girl or She's Gone has a good chance. Mm-hmm. And those are the two I think of right away with Hall Notes, Rich Girl and She's Gone. But 
the 80s ones, and we might be underestimating those a little bit. Sure. Especially with the age group of the people that vote in the brackets. So they might go for private eyes, out of touch, say it isn't so, stuff like that. Uh, Eileen said, oh, I hope you make my dreams wins. I was like, you make my dreams has the benefit of it was in 500 days of summer. Did you see that movie? Right. Joseph Gordon loved it. Yeah, that's right. That that made that because that that was like a hit when it came out, but not like a huge hit. It wasn't like a number one like some of the other Hall Notes ones. But that movie got that song in everybody's head again, and I think it's it's about. It's on a commercial. I think it was on a commercial today uh, when I was watching TV. I, so yeah, that's got a that's got a shot too. I definitely feel like that song has kind of wormed its way back into popularity. I was in a Trader Joe's and uh, with the girls, and they were bopping their heads to "You Make My Dreams." So did did Jesse like the whole album? Yeah, she's a she's a well. She wound up not taking my advice. You know, I promised her that all the songs on that greatest hits were as good as out of touch. And she was like, yeah, whatever, dad. You know, your opinion means I will not buy this record. Okay. So, but in time, as time went on, she saw that I was right. She, she just wasn't ready. Here's my question for you. When you, when you classify hollow notes do you think of them as yacht rock i say no i say no too mm -hmm. even though they do have some elements of it right but they don't feel like yacht rock i think they're, they're a little too, too soulful you know they got a little they're not there's there's a little bite to them Right. Yacht Rock's more relaxation music. Yeah. Hall & Oates has got it. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you on that. Um, because they're listed in certain uh, lists. You see like Yacht Rock and you see Hall & Oates. I'm like, that's not... I don't think I put any Hall & Oates songs in my Yacht Rock back bracket when I did it. I don't think there was any. Yeah, I agree with you. Um. Okay, uh, here's a question for you. If you are now, <laughs> I, we went out to dinner with uh, a couple friends of ours and um, the one friend uh, told uh, Eileen and me a very horrifying story uh, about uh, how uh, they had to go out to dinner with uh, his wife uh, was, is a PR person and one of their big accounts was Subway. And as a, and this was years and years ago when Jared was still the spokesperson. And he's like, yeah, uh, my friend, uh, Carl, uh, we were having dinner with his wife, Emily. And uh, the Emily had the Subway account and Carl was like, yeah, you know, we had to go out, you know, for work and we had to sit with Jared and his pal who is also in jail with Jared for their various uh, crimes. And, and they were talking about how they went to a Hall & Oates concert 
and uh, could not believe that Hall & Oates opened the concert with Maneater and were complaining the whole night. Like, I was just trying to get my beer and they opened up with the Maneater. First of all, <laughs> they made... First of all, they made Carl guess, and Carl's like a big blues, and you know, he's not a pop rock guy. He goes, guess which song they opened with? Come on, guess. And he's like, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, Manny, <laughs> like, you got it. You got it. Yes. I couldn't believe they opened with Man Eater. I'm trying to get my beer. That's my favorite song. And, uh, and I was like, you make them sound like hillbillies. He's like, the, not Jared, but the other guy was definitely. Uh, one and I was like, well, I've learned something today that there were big Hall and Oates fans, but it got me thinking about uh, if you were in charge of Hall and Oates concert, uh, which song would you open? With? Would you open with Maneater, or would you no. open with a different? What song? Maybe would you open with one that was kind of like a, a hit. Got, like gotta be a hit. hit. It's gotta be a hit. You could open with You've Lost That Love and Feeling. You could open with Family Man. Something that was a hit, but not like give them something to wait for. It's, don't it's, don't go for the big guns right away. Right. It's a tough question. I would go with Private Eyes because you want a big it's a you want a big hit song. But you're right. You want to save the they, big... They, they do have a lot of hits, though. So I guess you could go with one of the big ones right away. Yeah. I would... My guess... My uh, uh, my guess would be Private Eyes, or that would be my vote. Um, I tried to steer the dinner conversation into Hall & Oates, but Carl and Emily were having none of it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, fine, you're lost. Well, I'll just talk about it on the podcast. Um, what about... Uh, for, <laughs> I would save Maneater for an encore. Would you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, I would rather have something like Rich Girls Encore. Something you've been waiting for all night. Yeah. Go home happy. Right. With Rich Girl. That'd be my choice. You wouldn't go with Method of Modern Love? No, because that's one of the worst songs ever recorded. M-A-G-H-O-D-O-F-L-O. That's also one of the laziest songs. Hey, why don't we just spell stuff in this one? <laughs> Everybody will buy it. How <laughs> dare you? We're at our peak. That song went to number five. That song should have went right to the garbage. <laughs> uh, Terrible yeah. song. Family Man's a good song. I like Family Man. I didn't realize that that was a cover. Yeah, yeah, I learned that too today. Mm -hmm. I was not aware of that. Yep. I a little uh, bit, a little bit darker than than most of their songs too. It is. It is. Um. All right. So here's another question for you. You're on a date with Diane Lane, and you're. <laughs> Your dreams have come true, and Diane reveals to you during the date that she is a gigantic Hall & Oates fan, and you want to impress her, and she says, what's your favorite song? You go first, and this is your chance to really just make a statement about yourself, 
to Diane Lane and really cement your reputation as a very interesting, uh, urbane <laughs> and witty person. Uh, this is the moment. What song are you picking to impress Diane Lane, who is also a huge Hall and Oates fan? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick two. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, Diane. <laughs> when I was younger, it was I'm just a kid. Don't make me feel like a man. Because that song really resonated with me. Awesome. I'd say now that I have matured, <laughs> I will go with did it in a minute. One of their that song. That's more good. underappreciated hits. I love did it in a minute. Me too. That's a great one. That's a great choice. What about you? I would, now I wanted to impress someone and make them think well of me and think, wow, Beef, really, you know, he's not trying to, he's not a casual, you know, he's far from that. He was not a casual. He's going to pick something fire. (laughs) Exactly. But you don't want to go too obscure because then uh, Diane or, you know, Halle Berry, they'll be like, what a jag thinks he's, you know, Mr. Hall and Oates. So I liked your choice of did it in a minute. I would go with either wait for me. I really like that song. Or, um, and this was a song written by Daryl Hall and they, rec- I think it's on one of their albums, but it was a big hit for Paul Young. And that song is Every Time You Go Away. Um, I really like that song. And uh, so those are- like, Do you like their version better than Paul Young's? I have to say, no, I, I, I definitely like Paul Young's better. Yeah, because Paul Young, he's got such a great voice. And yeah. You, and you heard that one first. You did. So that one sticks with you, I think. And I think that Paul Young's is a little more yeah, he's got the great voice, but it's also like, it's a little, um, what's the word I want? It's definitely like more soulful. It's just a better, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just a better beat to it and it's better produced. Yeah, he just, he gets a great vocal performance on it. Sings the hell out of it. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Um, what, here's my last, uh, if you had, uh, to pick their most underrated song, song that doesn't get enough love. What's your pick? Well, I'd say I'd say did it in a minute again. You're back to did a minute, yeah. That was it was a hit, but not a. I think it might have even made the top ten, but it's not one you hear anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a really well known song. It's I'm very not sure. Unless you're a Hall Notes fan. It's very interesting. Um, and uh, it, it was a top 10 hit mm-hmm. um, I am going to go with Jingle Bell Rock no I, um, which version Hall or oh I'm sorry Daryl Hall space John Oates uh, I'm going with the Daryl Hall uh, version although I like John Oates too um, I'm going with, so, uh, maybe this will be a good segue into, um, I'm going to go with some deep cuts here. 
the one song that I really like off of H2O, and when I first heard it, I thought, oh, this will be the this will be the next hit, big hit single. And they never released it. And that's uh Crime Pays. Um I uh I thought that song would have been a solid number one hit had they released it. I can't I can't believe they never did. And they released I don't I think it's much better than Family Man. It, Family Man went to Family Man was a big hit for them. Um I don't have crime pays in the bracket. I'm gonna have to put it in there for you. I love that song. All right, I'll put it in there for you. The other one that I really like is off the album Abandoned Luncheonette. And uh and it's uh called Had I Known You Better Then. Um and I just think that's a very lovely, uh, very kind of complicated song. Um, you know, they're singing. It's one where they're actually they're both singing and the harmonies are very, each of their parts are kind of like they're, they're singing counter melodies and then they'll come together and harmonize you know, yes. beautifully and then kind of go apart and then come together again. It's extremely inventive and um very well produced that whole album's well produced but that's my favorite that, oh my second favorite after she's gone um is yeah i i, I listen when i was listening to all the hall notes in preparation for that i added that to my hall i have a hall notes spotify playlist i added that song because i had i know you better than yeah. yeah i mean i had that was one of the eight tracks i had but i didn't remember all the songs so i listened to it again and daryl hall he like was crazy about that album. He's like, this is a classic. He was like <laughs> yelling about it, that it should be recognized more as a, <laughs> I think he called it a soul classic. I don't know if it's soul, but. I'm going to halfway agree with him. I say it's half a classic. I, to me, like side one is awesome. Uh, side two, uh, you know, Lady Rain and Laughing Boy, you know, no um not not nearly as good um but they've got a whole kind of like 70s who who who's who um on that in that band and that band is you know Arif Mardin come on um Hugh McCracken on electric guitar um uh, Rick Marada on drums I mean those are those are musicians you see everywhere um so I I, I agree with Daryl Hall, like the first side of that. Great stuff. Great stuff. They did a lot of stuff with G.E. Smith in the 80s. Yeah. Who was the guy I always wanted to punch when he was the musical director on Saturday Night Live. He was like, <laughs> nobody's into this song more than me. <laughs> they, they played with a lot of like really, you know, like legendary um musician t-bone wolk um they uh they recorded a lot with them and then um also they uh recorded with the temptations that was their famous uh th that was a hit for them when they redid um uh my girl and the way that you do the things you do yeah one of daryl hall's first bands it was called the temp tones Love it. <laughs> they're, 
That just reminds me, do you ever see the Simpsons episode where Homer's band is trying to come up with a name? <laughs> it sounded like a band name they would come up with in the Simpsons. <laughs> but talking about Hall and Oates albums, I, you're probably not going to agree with me, but I don't think they have a great album. I would agree with you. They're a singles band. Yeah. They're a singles band. That's why I was surprised they got into the Hall of Fame pretty easily because they got in like seven years ago. So they beat people like Doobie Brothers, and Cheap Trick, and, and like we just said, they're a singles band. Mm-hmm. But they somehow still get a lot of respect despite not having a great album. And I had, I, like I said, I had the two A tracks. I listened to them a lot. I had H, we had H2O, I think we had Private Eyes, but none of those albums, like when I went back to them all, I didn't remember all the songs. Right. And that, that says something about it. Because the albums you really love, when you go back to them, you still remember all the songs. They all come back to you. But when I was listening to all of their stuff, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember this song. And I know I listened to this album a lot when I was younger. Well, they have, they, I mean, they have a pretty, first of all, they're known as history's best selling music duo. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about Simon and Garfunkel and the Everly Brothers and all those duos, Hall and Oates stand number one in terms of record sales. Mm-hmm. So I think that's in their favor. I mean, they had five number one hits. Um, and like I said, I mean, they released 33 singles and 29 of them made it to 29 of them, uh, made it to, um, the top 100, 19 of those 29 hit the top 10 and they had nine number one hits. So, so that is impressive. Yeah, but what what I think I noticed going through their discography is, so they started out, their first album did nothing, Whole Oats. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then Abandoned Lunch Net, which is probably their best album, mm-hmm. but it didn't, didn't make any money either. Yep. But luckily for them, they were recording in the 70s where record companies had money so they could be patient with a lot of these bands. Right. Another album, War Babies. (laughs) I think, I feel like Sarah Smile kind of saved their career. Definitely. And that was on their self-titled No Ampersand album. (laughs) That's what saved them. And then their next album, Bigger Than the Both of Us, had Rich Girl on it. Then they kind of got going. So they had two two albums that had some hits on them. And then the next two albums bombed. It was right. like, no goodbyes and Beauty on a Backstreet. Right. No one would ever stick with these guys nowadays. Where they have yeah. this, this many albums that did nothing. And then Along the Red Ledge did okay. And then they, <laughs> they had... Ecstatic. 
<laughs> another another flop. I feel like the bulk of their career is is these three, no, four '80s albums. Well, maybe even five if you include the rock and soul hits album because it had two songs on it that weren't on an album. Right. That was the bulk of their work and how they made all their money. They got all their big hits. And, and we, we both love Rich Girl and she's gone from the 70s, but the 80s was when they really made their money. Yep. Absolutely. And it, I feel like they, but what we're saying about their albums, there just wasn't enough depth to them right like if they would if they would have even one or two really memorable albums because all all the classic rock guys we talk about there's at least a couple albums that we just love every song on you know like yeah beatles and stones the who all all those all and they don't have one they don't have one and i feel like if they would have if they would have gotten that maybe their career would have been even even bigger Yep, they could have kept going into the '90s because they kind of they kind of died out after that. They, you know, it was interesting because I was listening to, um, and please don't make fun of me. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was listening to Byron Scott's podcast, and uh, one of his guests, he's had like it's all his Lakers teammates, but one when. when he had on uh, Jeffrey Osborne oh, yeah. uh, as a guest because they're friends. And uh, so, first of all, I alerted Kirk. I said, stop everything <laughs> you're doing and listen to Byron Scott interviewing Jeffrey Osborne. And he was like, he was like, already saw it, Beef. Who do you think I am? You think I'm some charlatan? You think I'm an amateur? But one, of the, but one of the things that just Jeff, needs to have Keith Sweat on for the ultimate for you too. I, I, right? I'm, I wonder if Byron Scott and Keith Sweat are friends. Um, but one of the things that Jeffrey Osborne, and you reminded me of it um, when you were talking about how uh, Hall and Oates, you know, couldn't probably would have never gotten a labeled, you know, you know, they wouldn't have had the success they had if they came out today. He said, Jeffrey Osborne was talking about that. He said, back in the 70s, a label worked to develop you and like develop your sound. So once they signed you, they were investing in you and they were working with you to try. And so if you weren't necessarily a hit, if your first album wasn't necessarily a big hit, they'd say, okay, what did we do wrong? How can we change it up? Let's try this approach because... Jeffrey Osborne was in a band called LTD and he was the drummer and he would sing on a few songs, but he was not even the lead guy. And he said, it wasn't That's surprising. Cool. Isn't that funny? And he said, he it wasn't, a great voice. right. And they said, it was, he said it wasn't until their third or fourth album that they're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Lead singer out. Jeffrey Osborne, you are now the lead singer and you are front and center. And Jeffrey Osborne like, I don't even know how to, I, I'm in the back hitting the drums. I don't even know how to, and they worked with him. They, they, you know, kind of gave him lessons on how to hold the microphone and, you know, stand in a way that like a lead singer should, they, you know, they, he said they really worked to develop me and they obviously did the same thing because Hall and Oates getting back to them, 
like in the 70s they're they're not it's not like folk rock it's like mellow kind of 70s but it's not like the pop sheen of the 80s right where it's super radio friendly there's no oats that's where all the oats jokes came because he really was it was daryl hall john oats but where was john oats um but that was the label you know looking for what worked in it and it wound up working in a big way yeah, I saw him described as rock R&B. Maybe originally you could say that, but by the 80s, they're pretty much a pop band. Right. Agreed. But they've always, like, tried to, like, kind of present themselves as, like, you know, like, soul, like, their, their uh, influences are, like, Fits and the tantrums and chromio. Have you ever heard any chromio? Don't tell Kirk. Well, Daryl Hall does. Daryl Hall does have a great voice. Kirk Pinchon will be like, "What? You've never heard of chromio? <laughs> you are." A he can yell at me next time. Next time he's on, we'll uh, we'll just pretend that you've always been a chromio fan. <laughs> You got it. Uh, well, what about that? They are like uh, so. That's Hall and Oates' influence on them. But they, I agree, they're like they're much more soulful. And, you know, mm-hmm. and their sound has definitely what, changed. What about your top five Hall and Oates songs? Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just going. Uh, it's uh, um, she's gone. Love that song. Song. Um, I'm going with uh, You Make My Dreams Come True I Love I Can't Go For That we haven't talked about that I um, used that song in a story once did you? yeah <laughs> there's a moment between it's a guy dancing with his ex to I Can't Go For That and he's like this isn't even a dance song <laughs> It's pretty soulful. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it more now than I used to. I think because when it came out, it was everywhere. Right. But but now I like it. Uh, so I what did I, I said Sarah's smile. I said she's gone and I can't go. You make for that. my dreams. Oh, and you make my dreams. So I got one more. Mm-hmm. Uh. I'll go with uh, Kiss on My List. Okay. And um, Kiss on My List, I always <laughs> I always wondered, I wanted to do a, um, I had a uh, idea for an album where Michael McDonald sings the hits of Hall and & Oates and Hall and & Oates sings the hits of the Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald would, would hit Kiss on My List out of the park. My friends, why do I call you all the time? <laughs> he would he would kill that song. He'd make it a different song. He would own it. He would he would it, uh, it would be completely different with Michael McDonald singing. Yeah. He would. 
but yeah, those are my, that's a good that's a good idea, Beef. Those are my top five. What are you? I want to see if Regency Stone Touch with Michael McDonald. You think maybe I'm a girl, but I know I'm a rich girl. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> this is the jumpstart his career needs. I I don't want him saying. M-H-E-H-O-D-O-N-L. No. As long as he doesn't sing that, I'll put in a good word for you with Regency and maybe he can contact Michael for you. Oh, thanks, Len. Thanks so much. <laughs> You're probably going to lead with that. You know, Beeve wants Michael McDonald to sing M-E-T-H-O-M-O-L-M-O-L-O-V-E. But I talked him out of it, Regency. I'm supposed to meet Regency tomorrow at 4.30 for dinner. At his favorite Scrod restaurant. <laughs> so I'll talk to him tomorrow. I didn't, you. That, I didn't get that text. I would have thought I might have been. No, I just mean Regency. Hmm. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell him about your idea. It's a good one. He told me to, uh, to uh, send him a uh, postcard, well, which I did. He hasn't responded. He reads his postcards carefully. Hmm. Have some patience. Should I give you my my top five? Yes, please. Before I get depressed. <laughs> I also have She's Gone as number one. Yeah. Rich Girls, my two. One-on-one is three. Did one it in a minute. One. We haven't talked one-on-one. That's a great song. That's their one real straight-up ballad, I think, too. You know, They should have done more of those. I... I, I maybe because that was one another one that got overplayed, but I I got sick of one on ones. But it was a big. Well, I mean, if you grew up when we did, their songs are everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. You you were bombarded with Daryl Hall, Space, John Oates. You really were. And yeah. So didn't admit number four, out of touch number five, and then how about do you like? Dreamtime, the Daryl Hall song? Uh, I think it's uh, not up to snuff. I think it's in the M-E-T-H-O-L-L-L. Oh, really? I loved it. I love that song. Um, I had the album. I don't think, I don't think the album was very good, but I, I thought Dreamtime was a great song. Uh, he doesn't spell anything on it. so. Well, that was where it went wrong. Because I was like, when uh, Dreamtime came out, I was like, oh, Daryl Hall just kicked John Oates to the curb, and now he's going to be even bigger. And that was the beginning of the end. He got the one hit. Actually, I think he might have had two hits off of that, but only Dreamtime was a pretty big hit. And he had one other song. I think that you're living it. (laughs) It's addictive. McDonald's would kill it. Yep. You better run away. Can't really do a Daryl Hall imitation though. Yeah, the other yeah, side. Yeah, Can you do Daryl Hall doing a Doobie Brothers? Oh, no, I you know it's easy to do Michael McDonald. Can't do a Daryl Hall. You need a we need a good mimic for that. Do you, you need a good Daryl Hall mimic? I'll 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 uh, I'll ask uh, our fearless and wonderful producer Declan if he knows anyone. I have to be I have to be kind to him. You got. Uh, you got dumped. So poor kid. We'll have, uh, to, we'll have to tread lightly. The world is the world is a dark and cruel place these days. 
Uh, I'm just testing this to see if he actually uh, looks all the way through on my pod. Yeah. He comes out and says, I don't appreciate what you said. <laughs> and you know he's and I know he's uh, paying attention to all the details. Doing it. Yeah, exactly. Did you know that Forgive me, Tavares? Dad. You know the band Tavares? I love Tavares. They did a cover of She's Gone, and it was number one in the RB chart. I, you know, they they really have, you know, a, that's another reason why I don't feel that they're yacht rock, because they have there's a bite to them and they also have too much of a of a foot in I feel like yacht rock is mostly white for better or worse. And uh, yeah, pretty much. And so Daryl Hall and Space John Oates have a lot of um they they're they have a lot of fingers and a lot of R and B. Uh, you know, uh, sensibilities. So that doesn't surprise me that Tavares had a number one hit. I'll have to go. Uh, I'll have to go listen to that. How about they also had a number one hit with uh, "More Than a Woman"? I remember that with a BG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do some tickets? Compare Hall notes to some other '80s bands. I'm ready. All right, here's my first one. Oh, go ahead. You have some? No, no, no. I, I thought you were doing them. I, I have them. I'm ready. Okay, right, pick, it. pick it. Paul and Oates or Huey Lewis and the News? Paul and Oates. Uh, I, I, they're kind of like, I think it's more like depends on what you like. I think I also will go. Uh, Daryl Hall, John Oates. Although I will give Huey credit though, because sports sports is a pretty good album. Great album. Yeah, I I I, I fully agree. And I think if Hall and Oates should be in the Hall of Fame, then so should Huey Lewis. Um, I think that their sales are. I think their sales figures are kind of the same. Plus, Huey Lewis has an Oscar. Hall and Oates have no Oscars. Advantage Huey. Take that, Daryl Hall. Yeah. John Oates. Okay. Okay. Pick it. Pick it. Hall and Oates or Eddie Money. Hall and Oates. Yeah. That's a. Eddie Money had a lot of hits, but. Uh, not as many as Hall and Oates. Yeah, and I'm kind of average on Eddie Money. I don't dislike him, but I can't, I can't say I seek out Eddie Money too often either. No Control is a phenomenal album, and I love Baby Hold On To Me. Uh, no Control, I mean, if you want to talk a great album from start to finish, I love No Control. Um, but you're we right. had that. That's got shaken and think I'm in love and take a little. Baby, bit. hold on to me. It's a good song. Think I'm in love is pretty good. I don't really like shaken though. No. I thought I knew you. <laughs> I thought we were as one. Don't don't let Regency know this. Regency is a gigantic Eddie Money fan. They'll they'll be words. Good thing I didn't put that in my postcard to him. <laughs> All right. Pick it. Regency. 
<laughs> Love, Mike, take me home tonight, fire. <laughs> All right, pick it. Hollow notes or let's let's do this. The Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers. I think the Doobie Brothers are more substantial. They they have the a Doobie more Brothers fun. are very underrated. I think their album they have they have a lot of good albums. Minute by Minute is a great album. Great album. And all the albums before that are good too. Agreed. Just, people just don't talk about them. I don't know. I don't know why it's like that because it's not like they're not played in the radio anymore. They're still played in the radio. Uh, I don't think their albums get the respect they should. Yeah, the, uh, minute by minute is great. Um, taking it to the streets is great. Uh, one step closer is great. Uh, basically, every album where McDonald engineered his stunning takeover of the band <laughs> is great uh living on the fault line which people don't that, that kind of that was in between taking it to the streets and minute by minute that got um echoes of love and uh little darling i need you mm -hmm. um that's that's a great great album they were they were they were really good i i listen i have a whole bunch of them i have like five or six of their albums yeah. They're all good. Really good. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Pick it. Hall and Oates or Chicago. Hmm. That's, that's a tough hard. one because that's a hard one. Early Chicago is great. Yes. Like Chicago Nine, their greatest hits. Every song on that greatest hits album is fantastic. Yeah. But then they just kind of bottom out after that they're more of like a band like their 70s stuff like that band is cooking yeah and their 80s stuff is weaker and gets a little more cheese ball yes it's, it's a lot of it's bad a lot of it's bad that's a i'm going to go with chicago but it's very close i i agree but just because that early chicago stuff is still good yeah so they win slightly. And it's the album thing again. You don't have an album to grab onto with all notes. Yeah, you really, it's like a collection of singles. Mm -hmm. um, all right, a couple more. Pick it. All in notes or Journey. Journey. Yeah, I think Journey wins because of the album test. Yeah, Infinity is a great album. Evolution's really good. And Journey, just like Paul Knowles, Journey was everywhere in the 80s. Right. So you got a little tired of them. But when we were doing the Journey Sticks bracket and podcast, I'm, I was listening to Frontiers. I'm like, I like Frontiers now. Because yeah, I have some distance from it. Time so I'm, always, I'm always singing, send her my love. <laughs> Oh. Taking my shirt off at the library. Wonder how Michael McDonald would do. You say she's doing fine. That's that's pretty good. He'd be, that'd be right in right in his pocket with that song. Oh come on, he would. Yeah. 
Michael McDonald, if, Michael you, are listening, <laughs> if you are listening, got a gold mine of idea for you. There's a joke. This is a good one, Dave, because there's a joke on SCTV called Gordon Lightfoot sings every song. <laughs> Just do that with Michael McDonald. Oh, I mean, come on. All right, last one. Pickett, Hall and Oates, and you can, and the second choice is you can pick any iteration you want of his career. Hall and Oates or Kenny Loggins. Hmm. Man, I kind of love Kenny Loggins. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going Kenny Loggins. What a doc. That was just a bold declaration. You just came out of nowhere. Like a, that's kind of like a guilty pleasure. I mean, he had, well, because he has some, he has some songs, he has some bad songs, Kenny Loggins, but he also has some great songs. Great songs. Yeah, I, I got to go Kenny Loggins. This is it. Great song. Uh, Danny song. Whenever I call you friend. Great song. Heart to heart. Great song. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. That's, I think that's Loggins and Messina. Yeah. So is Danny's song. Danny. Yeah. Damn yeah, right. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta give Penny Loggins a slight victory there. Don't even, fight it. Even, don't, that's a great song too. I think that uh, I hate <laughs> I hate Danger Zone though. That's <laughs> Danger okay. Zone, one of the worst soundtracks ever recorded. Right, we're, we're kind of we've kind of hijacked the uh, podcast a little bit. We've we've gone right into uh, Kenny Loggins a bit, mm-hmm. but uh, there was a second song from Caddyshack. In addition to "I'm All Right," there was a second song, and I can't think of the name of it. And they played it during the scene where the caddies invade the Bushwood pool and uh, have their 15 minutes of, uh, of swim time. <laughs> Whatever that song is on that uh, is great. And I, I don't know that. I don't know the title. Okay. Fire burning tonight. Great song. Okay. Enough Kenny Loggins. That's for another podcast. Anyway, back to Daryl Hall, John, <laughs> and my million-dollar idea. Um, so, yeah, it's just Michael McDonald sings the hits of Hall and Oates. That's my big, uh, yep, million-seller idea. Um, Regency will be hearing it as long as he doesn't nod off after he fills his belly full of scrub. Maybe I'll try to bring it up right away before we start eating. That's that's usually how you do it. Make sure he writes it down because sometimes he just says, that's a great idea. I'll pursue it when we get back to the office. He does, you know, he goes back, he gets a nap, and then it's lost. I'll yeah. tell him to bring his, his secretary. Ooh. Priscilla? Priscilla will be there. You can't come. Come on. She, we have a, th- I definitely have a thing with Priscilla. I know. That's why you can't come. I've seen her it's, enough. It's, it's unnerving. <laughs> uh, 
I realize that my effect on women is a bit unnerving. I mean, no, no, no. She says the way you look at her is unnerving. Direct quote from Priscilla. I admire her pants and her shoes, and I've wondered where she got it so I can buy Eileen a pair. I won't go to the dinner. I'm not going to tell Priscilla that it's your idea, though. I will tell Regency it's your idea in confidence without Priscilla knowing. This has become very complicated. <laughs> I'm not going to see a dime. That's why I don't usually talk about you to Regency, because that's what happened. <laughs> I'm not going to see a dime of this from this amazing <laughs> idea I had. <laughs> Darn it. So should we finish up with you trying to continue your seeding hot streak? Oh, Jack Nicholson, let's do this. So for those of you who are, who are new to Jag Bags, we did a Jack Nicholson podcast, one of our earliest episodes. Very beginning. I don't know what episode offhand, but it's one of the first 10. It might be like episode seven or eight. I think you're right. So if you want to hear us talk about Jack Nicholson, go to that one. It's a very popular one. But as a treat for my Facebook friends, I'm doing a second bracket after I finish the Hall Notes one, and that's going to be the best Jack Nicholson movie. So, Beaver, name your one seats. In the how? First of all, how many? Uh, is this a 64 movie bracket? No, only 32. Oh, 32. Those are. When I only have 32, that's when I do two brackets. Okay. I'm going with, okay. I'm going to go with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with uh, Terms of Endearment. No, I. that's a two. two. I'm going to go with Chinatown. Yes. So I've got Chinatown and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm going to go with Shining. Yes. Three. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm going to go Batman. Two seed. Uh, as good as it gets. Mm, three seed. I'm going to go with Easy Rider. Uh, two seed. You got all the two seeds, I think. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to go with your favorite all-time movie, Pritzi's Honor. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, that's a three I'm, seed. I'm going to go, oh, oh, a few good men. Nope, that's also a two seed. You got all what? four two seeds. Yeah. This is... All those two seats could be one seats, though. Yeah. A few good men, Batman, Terms of Endearment, Easy Rider. Those are all worthy one seats, too. Because uh, he, has, he has those classic ones. The Departed? Yeah. Uh, I would have made that a two seat, personally. Yeah. You might be you might be right. I'll think about it. I might make it a I might make it a two. Oh. And maybe, maybe. <laughs> What would be your one seat then instead of that? Uh, I think I'd go with a few good men. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. 
I've convinced, yeah, I'm convinced because Few Good Men is more of classic Nicholson performance. It's, but it's, I think I think The Part is a better movie, but he, we'll do did it. He win we'll the, do. Did he win the Oscar for A Few Good Men? Uh, did he? Maybe. I know he won for, I think he won for As Good As It Gets in Cuckoo's Nest. Maybe that's In terms of endearment. Maybe that's what it was. Let's look it up real quick before we... And do we have anything else? Let's get to the Cavs won a big win in Dallas. The line I won too. We're gonna have to talk college basketball on our next recap. I'm sure that Northwestern lost. He got nominated for a few good men, but he lost. He lost. Really? Yeah, he won for. I was right. Cuckoo's Nest, as good as it gets in terms of endearment. In terms of endearment with supporting it. Wow. I wonder who he lost to. Let's let's look that up real quick. We'll talk about next week real quick. Yes. Next week we'll be returning to Matt Bags <laughs> as your brother joins us again as we discuss the movies of John Carpenter. Oh, that's going to be a must. That's going to be a must viewing. It's good to have Matt on there as he is responsible. Uh, because when when we do a Jag Bags recording from his house, we have, that is box office gold. <laughs> you know, guess, hmm. I'll give you a hint who beat out Nicholson for best supporting actor. Okay, I'm ready. It was a Western. Jack Palance. No. It was it was a guy who was in my favorite sports movie. Gene Hackman. Yeah, for what movie? The uh, Unforgiven. Yep. He went up against <laughs> David Paymer for Mr. Saturday Night, Al Pacino, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He was great in that. Pacino was great in that. Jay Davidson for The Crying Game. Jay and then Gene Hackman won. That, that, is, that is surprising that Nicholson didn't win for that. We need to do a podcast on the movies of Gene Hackman, and we need to have as our guest Manny Tamayo because Manny hates Gene Hackman. <laughs> He's the most overrated actor uh, of all time. I disagree strongly, but Manny makes a funny case. He says all he does is shout. Um, and uh, and if you uh, and if you like go, you can go through movie by movie, and it's just him shouting like, "I'm the commander of this ship." <laughs> three passes, three passes. <laughs> <laughs> I like Gene Hackman. I do too. Deserves got nothing to do with this. He's not really a shouter in the conversation. I'm going to tape record this conversation. No. <laughs> He's pretty He's pretty low key in Yeah, in that one conversation. That's a great movie. Yeah, he's really good in that. Maybe nothing cops. Nothing cops Hoosiers though. My team is on the court. Love it. Love it. The best. 
He should have won all the Oscars for that one. All the Oscars. They should just shut it down. No one can act anymore. They're going to they're no. just end the movie franchise. <laughs> I would do a Gene Hackman. Maybe we'll, uh, I'll put that into the next production meeting. Um, and you after, too, you didn't, answer, you didn't answer me about you too. About you too? I don't mm-hmm. recall that. I texted you. Oh, I must not have, uh, that must have been when I was blocking you. <laughs> <laughs> I got over it and your hurtful comments about me and Priscilla. Probably should just end this line of inquiry right now. Well, John Carpenter will be an excellent uh, podcast. And uh, I encourage everyone to tune in. I also want to thank everyone for all your support uh, this year as we as we bring 2021 to a close. Thank you for tuning in and telling all your friends. We encourage you, if you're listening, to subscribe to Jagbag so that you can get quality content delivered to your phone or device of your choice so that you will never miss another episode filled with our expertise. Uh, If you uh, are not following us on social media, please do so. We have pages on Twitter, Facebook, and also Instagram. And please tell a friend about us. If you subscribe, please write us a review as that helps our readership and make it hashtag jagbags. And finally, the holidays are here. What better way to tell a special loved one that you care than with a Jag Bags t-shirt? Only $20. We have all sizes. Place your orders immediately. And you too can be the coolest guy or person on your block. Uh, Also, we're going to need to have a production, emergency production meeting after this. uh Uh-oh. I don't think we should be called Lennon Beeve anymore. Maybe... Len Foot Space Mike Byer. Well, we'll talk about it once we're done. Maybe if maybe we can do some quid pro quos here. Uh, I get the thirty-eight special podcast, <laughs> and you get the Len Foot slash Mike Byer billing. Well, let's get let's get the mediators into the studio. The mediators, good, good. Yeah, idea. We'll do it off off the air though. They haven't been here in a while. Yeah. yeah. I look forward to uh, having uh, Vivek and Manas in for the mediation. I love Manas. Manas is all business. He really is. Very brusque. I mean, uh, lighten up, Manas. Tell a joke. (laughs) He commits to his work, much like my staff. That's why you don't like him. We haven't even gotten to Alex, but we'll cover off on Alex next week. His new career. I'm very proud of him. Di- oh, new career. Yeah. I'm dying for that update. That will wait until next week after our million dollar meeting with Priscilla and Len, where we go through the complicated scenario of uh, enriching Michael McDonald and you and Regency and Priscilla. And once again, I am left out in the cold. <laughs> I <laughs> see you're just uh, it's true it's true it's true yes, yes. we're gonna end it there I will disgustedly sign off thank you very much for listening come on in mediators oh god here comes Manas god, smile Manas
All right. Thanks for listening. And when you're ready to listen, put a little jag bag in your ear. I t- yeah, okay, Manas. Yes. <laughs>